Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Episode 3 of the Talking Llamas podcast. On this week's episode, Splash Mountain and the Tower of Terror celebrate anniversaries, and we discuss how, even without a park ticket, downtown Disney is a destination all its own. All of that coming in this week's episode of the Talking Llamas podcast. But first, intro music. Welcome back to the TLP. I am your host, Robert Camozzi, joined today by Thomas Nelson. Howdy. So today we do want to talk about downtown Disney. Um, You know, that's going to definitely be part of our conversation. But first, we need to start by, I I guess, fixing something that we we made a mistake on last week, not mentioning the 30th anniversary of Splash Mountain. And we're still kind of working out the schedule of the podcast and everything. So July 17th, 1989. Splash Mountain opens, mm-hmm. and one of our favorite attractions. When we went the first time together just as adults, we rode it a bunch of times, like like 14 or 15 times throughout the, the entire trip. It was trip. 14, 14. Yeah, we, we, made, we kept count. It was one of those things where we would go on it, and we would go at the slower times where they would let you, basically you would go, and then there'd be no line. They'd ask if you wanted to go again, and we would go time and time again just over and over three times in a row. Do you remember the first time that you rode that that attraction? I do remember the first time I rode that attraction. I was afraid. I didn't ride it until I was 12. When was your Yeah, I think that was the same as me. We I, might have been on it together or there at the same time anyway. I think it was the same trip. Right. And we were both It was one of those things where you know you only see when you're outside of Splash Mountain that one big drop. Mhm. And you really think that's all it is because it's just that that scene of that big drop and it's it it looks scary and i didn't ride a lot of thrill rides as a as a kid so or any so for me it was kind of a big deal to well, you go have to on. break into it at some point and i think this attraction did that for both of us i have something on that a little bit later for for another attraction but for this one we rode it both first when we were 12 on that band trip that we talked about in episode one probably i think separate times i think we were on it separately i although I can't recall specifically. But the point is, is we ever since have loved the attraction. And when we went back, we made sure to write it a bunch and, you know, taking pictures, the, the photos. We have one particularly great photo for that. Well, that we'll get gonna... back to photos in a, in a minute, I think. But uh, what I think contributed to our enjoyment of that attraction might have been, at least for me, the fact that I was so scared of this drop and not knowing how it would feel. And then to experience it and know that it was okay and actually fun. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, wow, this is exciting and exciting feeling. Maybe I attached that to the attraction. I just wonder. I don't know. Well, in the end, I mean, there's so much. There's the song. Um, oh, the music is fantastic. Yeah. And I would say what's funny about it is, yeah, you see that big drop outside of the attraction. But now when I ride it, I actually don't dread that drop nearly as much as I do the second drop, the one that's in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really dread it because it's intense, but it's the one where I can't see the water coming, and I always seem to get soaked. Well, you you never know, but it de- it depends on where you're sitting and in the water levels. But we've gotten drenched in that, really in that one, and then the big drop. There was one time we went on that ride, 
and I don't know if it, I think we had other people in the boat with us, and I'm not sure what the distribution of weight was. Nope, or I think it was just you and me in the front. I feel like there were people in the back. Am I wrong? It wasn't a full log, I'll tell you that. Certainly not. I think that it, there might have been two others. The point is, is we went on this ride, and on the first drop, we got really wet, like as wet as I've ever been on the ride. And the I was part, like, you realize something is off. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, well, that was weird. But I did think, I will say, I did think at the time, well, it can't get any worse. I mean, you know, that's as wet as we're going to get. Then on the next drop, we got even more water in the boat than that, than the first time. That was the dark one? The dark drop. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, I really am thinking at this point, like, well, the next drop's not going to be worse. Like, it it really, at some point, I've never experienced drops like this before, and, or, you know, with the, the water at that level. Right. So it must be, it, it can't happen again. I kid you not, on that third drop, we could not have got more wet if we actually went under the water and came back up. We were, I mean, that's how wet we you were. You were in front, right? Yeah. Right. And I, I just, was I was behind you. And I, what I remember is seeing, you, you basically, in my mind, it's a silhouette of your back and your head. And as you put it, a huge wave of water coming yeah. over the boat. And that is what happened. I mean, no exaggeration. It was like when you go out in the ocean, you're kind of like going in, swimming towards the waves and they come over you. It was just like, and they they break on you. It was just like that. I mean, I'm not kidding when I said if we if the boat had just kept going into the the water and <laughs> submerged completely and came back out, we would have been equally as wet as we were. That's how that's how wet we were after that. And that's a fun. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how fun it was at the time. I can't remember how miserable it we were. It was fun because it was so strange and definitely going to be a good story if just between us, if not just between us, then with other people. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was, I mean, pe- and people say, oh, yeah, when you tell that story, people are like, oh, yeah, I, I always get wet on that ride. It's nothing, it was nothing like, we've been on that ride countless times. It was, I've never experienced anything like that before. I don't know if you already said this, but we would, we this would be the first attraction we would go to. So yeah. if you get that soaked, you have a, a day ahead of you where you might have, you know, your feet or your socks are wet for most of the day. I remember having, taking my socks and shoes off, let's all let them dry out. Just because they were so wet. I think you did that in California Adventure. So we got all the well, way. That could have been for the uh, Grizzly Peak. Grizzly Peak, yeah. But, you know, once I did it once, it was like, let's just get wet and then dry out, you know. The the wetness thing, and the reason I've always gone in the morning is the wetness thing really doesn't bother me much at all. Um, I don't like it immediately after it happens, but then once I'm walking around, I'm I'm pretty much fine. I know it bothers a lot of people, and that's why we go so early in the morning is because most people don't want to ride it that early and be wet for the rest of the day. So that and riding it at night are both, and and riding it at night in particular, because it is enhanced to me. It's a better ride at night and there's not many people on it. Why do you think that is? Just a different atmosphere. I don't think you get to do it as much because the park's mostly open during the day. You know, it's mostly right outside during the day. Um, And I think it's just a different experience. Well, if you're there in the summer, that's true. But, you know, during fall, when you actually might not want to be on Splash Mountain. Yeah. It's, you know, by five or six, it's dark. But even then, that's, you know, that's like, what, 10 hours of of light and then just a, like six hours of darkness. Well, in general, the ride is dark inside. Yeah. Which some people complain about because maybe it could be brighter. And I think it is brighter in Florida. Mm-hmm. But at night, you also have darkness and darkness. So really, the only light that you see is the attraction in the park when you're outside. I like the way it's lit up at night, too, from the outside. Yeah. I like the look of it. It's not, you know, I don't think the experience has really changed like on uh, 
Thunder Mountain, it actually feels like the ride's going faster at night, but like it feels that way. I don't know if it's actually, it's probably an illusion. Yeah. But that, you know, that's not the case for this, but there's just a different feel to it at night, which I appreciate. And, um, like we were saying before ride photos, you know, we, we love, we always, particularly on the Disneyland version, really like taking pictures and we, we've come up with some good ones. And the first trip we took, we came up with one. So we were going through, I don't know when we actually started trying to make good pictures, good photos down the drop. But this was our 2012 trip when we first went back as adults, and I had my backpack with me, and in it, this was maybe our second or third ride in the morning, was it? I mean... It wasn't the very first one. Well, yeah, well, you mean... We had tried a few pictures, they weren't very good. And so in my backpack, it was a backpack I used for school, I had a Webster's Dictionary. And so I pulled it out and I said, why don't we pretend like you're reading this, and I'm interested in what you have... Yeah, on the page. and I'll have the book open like, oh, look at this. And you're looking over my shoulder like, like oh, oh yeah. that is interesting. Wow, look at that. And we said, we'll try it. So we got off, we did it. And then we got off the boat and looked at the picture and we were like, we don't ever have to do that again. It's perfect. Oh, it was tremendous. We'll have to post that because it really is. Yeah, post it every other week. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, post it. Yeah, that one's that one's always a crowd pleaser. Everyone loves it. I still think it would be hilarious to have like some kind of platform that you could be making a sandwich on, and then as you're going down, the sandwich is falling into pieces. It's in various <laughs> degrees of like falling apart. Yeah, there's pickles in the air and lettuce flying places. Yeah. The bread is still halfway in your mouth if you're biting it. I don't know. Yeah, there's all kinds. There's all kinds of possibilities. We've exhausted a lot of the possibilities, um, but it's always fun to do. The one mistake that we made was not buying that one, that one great one. I mean, yeah. we have it, we have it, but not like the hard copy no. of it, which is a shame. Um, so yeah, great attraction. We love it. It's it celebrated its 30th anniversary a couple weeks ago, and we just didn't mention it. So I wanted to get that out of the way and just make sure that we, you know, we did our due diligence on that. And then secondly, since we're on the topic of kind of significant anniversaries, Tower of Terror in Disney World celebrated its 25th anniversary on July 22nd, 1994 is when it opened. So that's been uh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a lot of experience with that ride. We have some. Well, okay. So we, an, an interesting kind of tie in with Splash Mountain on that one is our, for, when that one was open in Disneyland as, and it was as Tower of Terror, we, me and Thomas were kind of of a similar mind with, with thrill rides and we went with the band, like we talked about before, and we just we just didn't want to ride that ride, basically. It just seemed too intense. This was back when it was still well, the Tower of Terror. Let's think about it. Like the Splash Mountain drop is at an angle. I don't know the angle, but that's not as bad as a straight drop. Yeah, and I think we were already pretty proud of ourselves for doing that one. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if they were the same trip, but the point is, is like we were kind of like, okay, like we're... We've done. Our, we don't need to ride this ride. This is like the most intense ride at the park. We we can do without doing it. So we went there for the you know the band trip, and we we had a mutual friend um, that we were in California Adventure with, and he really wanted to go on. It was me, him, and Thomas, and I was just so happy that Thomas was there because I'm thinking, oh, I don't have to ride it because Thomas won't ride it. So this guy's, you know, this guy's outnumbered. And then something happened. I don't know what. And Thomas all of a sudden is like, yeah, whatever. Let's go. And I was like, oh, no. I don't remember that. 
because I was, I guess, so into it. It just didn't even occur to me that you would have an issue with it or anybody would. My heart was in my toes. I just was like, oh my God, I can't, I, what is happening? And, you know, everything was unraveling. You know, and it, to this day, when I go on the ride now, even when it's um, Guardians, I get nervous. I'm surprised it. by that. I just, it's not like I'm afraid. It's more like I'm just like well, anxious. For a while, we shared that sentiment. We would go on Tower of Terror, even, well, maybe not Guardians, because I got over it. But we would say, you know, I'm still kind of anxious for this ride, even yeah. though, you know, we've been on it so many times. But me now on Guardians, I don't, I'm not anxious at all. Not even a little. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's like the first time on the trip. And after that, I'm fine. Really? Oh, okay. But uh, it, so to the point with, you know, Florida's version, still Tower of Terror. And we, when we wrote it in 2016, we were kind of blown away because it's, it's, you know, the same ride in some ways, but also very different from the one that we had in Disneyland because they just had more space, I guess, to, to make it like a track system where it moves around. And um, I'm not sure, but it, it like the one in Disneyland doesn't, it didn't move much. It came back like a few feet and then would just go up and down only. Yeah. It took you from the loading zone into the elevator shaft where the ride began. This one takes you, I, I'm, try, I'm going off the memory. The Disney World vi- version. Right. Uh, it, based off of what I remember, it takes you from the loading zone into, does it take you into the sh- a shaft and then into a corridor? Yeah, into like... In it a, moves you not just backwards and then up, but yeah. forwards to the side and then up and down. From what we remember, forgive right. us, we've, we've ridden this one time, well, one trip several times, but... It was just a, a really cool experience because we weren't expecting it. We didn't. We were expecting what we had in Disneyland, and we got a very different experience. I remember thinking, "What is what is going yeah, on?" Yeah, it was a different. As like, we started moving through this this hallway of glass, it seemed was it? Yeah, it's glass, but then it's got like the twi- it's like you're floating through that Twilight Zone yeah. like space thing, and it was interesting because the one at Disneyland, I had memorized the sequence of drops. Right. And it was, so it was fun, but it was like, I definitely knew what was coming on this one. You know, we only wrote it like three or four times, but the first time we wrote it, I was like, I had no, I suddenly all of a sudden, you know, 10 seconds in the ride, I had no idea what was going to happen. Well, that's that, that feeling when you ride a ride for the first time and it's great because you don't get that feeling again, where you don't know the ending to the movie, essentially. You don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, you never get that first time back. Right. You know, you never get that first time feeling. And it's important to appreciate that. Um, you don't appreciate it as much when you're a kid, but as an adult, you really got to appreciate, like, this is the first time I'm writing this. I need to take it all in. I'm excited to go back and write it in a, in a couple of months. No, I'm thinking about last week, last week we talked about remakes and maybe it's not the most creative thing to do. And we might have talked off air about this, that seeing a movie for the first time is much different than seeing a movie you know the ending to. Yeah. And with these attractions, it's the same thing. I don't know how many attractions they reproduce and put in different parks, but if you know how it's going to go, basically, like if it's an exact reprint, you're not going to have this genuine experience that we had. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and that's why when we go to like Disney World and stuff, I don't feel like compelled to ride certain rides that are like clones, Uh, like Midway Mania is one of them. Just a clone. I guess they're all a little bit different. Midway Mania is a clone. But like Splash Mountain's a little different. Yeah. And well, Winnie the Pooh is different. I mean, they're really all different, even if just in their queue. That's true. I I don't know how much... I, I We'd have to check on Midway Mania. The point is, is like... 
when we don't know what's when suddenly you are thrown into this situation where you don't know what's going to happen on a ride like that yeah changes the whole experience so i'm actually happy that they have their own version and that we have our version i was a little bit disappointed when we changed ours to guardians of the galaxy originally but now that i think almost certainly right after we rode tower of terror in florida we were like well this is better anyway like you, you know, it, it'll be nice to have different versions, and then this yeah. one's the best. If we're gonna, if you're gonna keep one, this is the one to keep because yeah. it's it's better. It just was. So yeah, a couple of significant anniversaries for a couple of e-ticket attractions in the parks. So due diligence completed there. Now on to what we wanted to actually discuss today: Downtown Disney. And kind of how you can make that a day or a part of a trip or, you know, even if you don't have a park ticket, how you can spend a lot of time in downtown Disney and have a really good time. And you actually recently visited downtown Disney. Yes, I did. And that was it. That was all you did. You didn't have a park ticket or anything. Well, let's get, let's get this out at the beginning. I was actually on my way from the Bay Area down to San Diego when I was driving. So it made sense to me to stop off uh, for a night in Anaheim on my way to San Diego. I wasn't just going from home in the Bay Area to downtown Disney. Yeah. That's that's maybe not something you would, that, you know, we would say. I wouldn't recommend doing that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're on your way or you're in the area, then, I mean, so, I mean, uh, what what was running through your head? Did, did you think about going to the parks? Did you, like, buying a ticket and going to the parks? Or what made you decide to just do downtown Disney? Okay, so yeah, I had somewhere to be in San Diego on Sunday, let's say. And so I thought, okay, I have to be in San Diego at a certain time. I could drive eight hours and try to make the time or spend a night in Anaheim where I'm familiar. I've been there many times in sort of like a home place and then make my deadline easier by driving an hour and a half the next day. So I did that. So I I expected to have a relaxing time in downtown Disney Enjoying the music, the different restaurants, uh, pin shops, uh, stuff like that. The world, world of Disney Store. And uh, it turned out that there's only so much you can really do when you're alone anyway. Yeah. I was alone. Many people don't want to even go to Disneyland alone. Um, Which you have also I've done, done that. And frankly, it's, it's one of the better trips I had. But that could be another day. Uh, this one, within a couple hours, I was I had done pretty much anything I was going to do if, I, if it wasn't eating. But you have a few different options. You can be, for me, what I would look forward to was going to the Disneyland Hotel, yeah, walking around the pool area or the Trader Sam's area, going in the different towers and seeing the, in, for instance, the uh, model of Big Thunder that they have in the Frontier Tower. Mm-hmm. And then the Fantasy Tower is great. There's a lot of awesome paintings in the convention center attached to the Disneyland uh, hotel. And those, the, those paintings are, they're actually, I think like reprints of sketches done for different attractions. Some may be original, um, just renderings for that little, uh, those few hallways in which they display these pieces of artwork. I like doing that kind of thing, sitting in the lobby, listening to the piano player in the grand Californian. Yeah. That's very relaxing. And when it's hot out, it's ice cold in that one. Mm-hmm. That lobby is really cold. It's very cold. They always have a fireplace running. Do you know you you know that one, right? Yeah, back off to the side. 
Yeah. And for the, the purposes of this conversation, you know, the the hotels, well, the Disneyland Hotel and the Grand Californian are parts of downtown Disney for all intents and purposes, at least for this conversation, because it's part of the experience. It, you don't, it doesn't require a ticket. You know, you don't have to right. be staying there to go in and, and just kind of hang out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've grown to love the hotels. We have, we stayed at the two, well, Paradise Pier and Disneyland Hotel, not yet the Grand Californian, but for the Disneyland, Disneyland Hotel, it's, uh, there's a lot of history there and I enjoy just being around it, even if I don't know all the history. They have a lot of pictures of Walt and there's a lot of really cool stuff to see if you're into the history. I love when we are staying in the, like when we are going to the parks, walking through the, you know, the sort of courtyard or, you know, just the area inside of the... I'd call it a courtyard. Yeah, the Disneyland Hotel, kind of around the pool area and then going yep. to that little coffee shop there and right. and then heading over to, to downtown Disney from there and into the parks. For your, you know, once you were down there in downtown Disney, what was it like, you know, getting there and having the park so close but not having a park ticket? It was, I expected to be there with no ticket. I didn't have an annual pass or anything and not go in. We have, and that's the thing is we have had annual passes before. So anytime we're down there, even if we're, you know, down there for a regular trip where we are going in the parks, we get there as early as possible because we can just go, because we have passes or have had them in the past and can use them, you know, right when we get there, which if you have a three-day hopper, you don't do because, you know, you you waste a day doing that. You waste half a day. So, yeah, you get down there, you don't have any kind of ticket. Right. And since I came in expecting to have a relaxing time, not there's no pressure to do any particular thing, there was no issue for me not being able to go into the parks. Now, I, of course, envied everybody going in because yeah. it's a great experience. You stopped by the Esplanade, you sent me some pictures from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried, I think I described to you the whole experience of being in downtown Disney with no no ability to go into the parks was something like being in the lobby to a cool museum or something. Like they might have a store Mm -hmm. and places you can eat, but really you you would like, it'd be better if you were in the museum. Yeah, they give you like a taste. Right. Yeah, and you're getting the music, which I mean you can get here, but it's a little different. It's different, but it's actually still, that's that's one of the highlights for me is the, the music they have playing both in the Esplanade and in downtown Disney. They have different styles too. Like sometimes it's like just the music, but other times it'll be like, a different instrumental that's the same song but yeah different renderings of the song which is fun right so where did you where did you eat you ate in a couple places i ate for the first time at tortilla joe's i think that's the name there might actually be two there two mexican places right up against each other it is tortilla joe's by the way right okay so that's where i ate i don't like that place is it's a very simple place um they had like a bar of different items you know you get maybe a burrito or a a quesadilla or a burrito bowl like i got and you could select your meat your toppings and all that kind of thing yeah it's uh just a simple meal i wasn't looking for anything extravagant there's nothing wrong with it i guess my problem with it is just in comparison to what else is around there i just would never eat i ate there one time and was just underwhelmed it felt more appropriate to eat there alone okay than say at naples Mm-hmm. which I could have done, like maybe at the bar or something. But I don't I, drink, and so 
I don't know. It just I I didn't think to go there. Yeah, well, and you know, I guess that is more of a a solo experience. Like I guess it would there would be something weird about going to like the jazz kitchen alone. And I thought about it. I thought about all the restaurants and, and just going there alone. But it's more expensive that way too. And frankly, this wasn't the whole point of why I went down. To yeah, I was I had a much larger trip in mind. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be spending money. Let's just enjoy what we can on a little bit of a budget. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's, we've eaten at all those places too. So it's not like you're, you know, you're going down there and you have to eat somewhere. Now I will say uh, that new place that opened there. Black Tap? Yeah. You didn't hit that one. No, no, no. I thought about it. Uh, you know, the, the food that I saw, it looked just okay. And again, I wasn't going to spend a whole lot of it's money. really expensive. Their ice cream sundaes look tremendous. I saw a few people walking around with them. They're enormous. But again, you know, you eat one thing, you only have so much room left for the other. It's like uh, priorities. This trip didn't go there. Yeah. And that's all right. I just, uh, I was surprised. I thought you might. And you know, downtown Disney, I'd like just walking through the shops, not even like buying anything. But every time I go, like, it's hard for me to leave the parks and walk through downtown Disney without stopping in one of the shops. Like, for me, it's either the the, the World of Disney store, the home store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly. It, that's basically what it's called. And then there's the, the one with all the art in it. I don't know what, what that one's called either. That's where you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Something gallery. Wonderground Gallery or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are good ones. Being there alone, no parks, you can only go in those stores so many times. Yeah. without Because you're not going to buy everything that you want. You go in there, you see something different each time. You're not going to buy each thing each time. Yeah. So you're just looking. One thing that did come out of this, though, is um, it was right around the the 60th anniversary of Matterhorn, the monorail, and... The submarine. Right, the submarine voyage. Yeah. And I'd seen the pin online, and you stumbled across it when you were down there, which was great for me. I mean, it worked out for both of us, really. Right. Well, they they had two pins. One was an annual pass holder pin, which we are not this year. Yeah. And then the other was a general pin um, that was, of course, limited like these pins are. And I really wanted it. I'd seen it. I had uh, kept it in my mind when I went down there. And then I didn't see it at a few different spots because they have uh, maybe two or three locations within downtown Disney where you can buy pins. One of them didn't have it. The other one, the much larger one near the monorail station, had the pins. So I snatched one up, and then I showed Robert, and he said he wanted one, so I grabbed another one. Yeah, it worked out for me. Yeah. You also picked me up toffee, which was greatly appreciated. Yeah, We share that, though. We It's worked out the past couple of years where someone goes to Disneyland around you know, the end of summer and picks up toffee and then we bring it to a 4th of July party we have. And it's it's nice that everyone gets to enjoy it, but you end up only getting like two pieces that way, which yeah. is, a, so it's a little bittersweet, but, but no, I, I, I love, uh, I love that when one of us goes down there, you know, cause separate from the other, we always pick up some treats. You well, actually picked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, in this trip, you had me get you the Mickey cookie, the big one, the big Mickey cookie, which prompted me when I, was looking at the the display in Marceline's confectionery. Mm-hmm. I just got the cookie and tried it out, and it was tremendous. Yeah. 
I don't regret that at all. No, that one's great. And the thing is, too, about the confectionery, like, this is, again, applies to, like, just going down to downtown Disney in general. Or, like, you know, when you're in the parks. I like just walking in there. And there, there's, like, kind of this, they have you, like, take a number. And, like, there's someone literally who just stands at the door and their job is to tell you to take a number. Yeah. And then I want to tell them, I always grab one. I always grab a number because I just don't want to, like, explain. But I want to tell them, I'm not in here really to buy anything. I'm just going to, like, walk around and smell and look at the little like package treats. I don't really have any intention. Of Sometimes buying. there are unique treats that maybe yeah. we didn't see the advertising for, and then you see them in there, and you keep it in mind if you don't buy it right on the spot. Yeah, and they'll they'll have like cookies and stuff on the wall and stuff. That just I just like walking in there, and it's yeah, especially if it's hot, it's like always cool in there too. So that's true. Where else did you eat? Well, I, I had actually, well, I had some food at La Brea. It's important to note that you went twice technically. Yeah, on the way down and on the way back up to the Bay Area from San Diego. So I ate at the Express portion of La Brea Bakery. This is the first time down? Yes. Okay. And I just got a sandwich pre, pre-made, no big deal. Again, I was trying to just get some cheap cheap items. I What did I eat on the way back up? You went to Earl's Sandwich. I did that. Was that on the way back up? Do you remember about yeah, what time? I, think, uh, I don't know what the time was, but I know it was when you came back. Yeah, so, yeah, and I had the, what did I have there? I had the holiday turkey sandwich. Which we've always discussed getting, but never... Right, and I don't know that I've had many in my everyday life over the past years, well, of my life, and this one was really good. Earl of Sandwich, I'm glad they brought it back. Yeah, well, and there's a few places, I mean, we don't really miss ESPN Zone, but we miss... I kind of do. I like being able to go in there and catch a game. I liked having the option, but it's it's not something we took advantage of very often, because they have, it just, it's a... We did it a few times, but it... I mean, we took advantage of it more often until it was gone than, say, Naples. I suppose... Which we love more than that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the couple years before it closed, we didn't really do it. The thing is, I think our trips have evolved. Yeah. So, whereas before we went there because we were interested in seeing some sports while we were down there, now it's more like, hey, let's be in the parks with everybody. Yeah. Well, especially now that my daughter's coming and it's kind of a family affair. It's less of, when it was just you and I, I think we did it a couple times when it was just you and I. Yeah. But then once, you know, like anything else, you change as a person, your circumstances change, people change that are with you and they want to do different things. You know, something we always did was, was Rainforest Cafe and we really liked it for dinner and lunch. But one day we were trying to find a place to go for breakfast before our last day in the park we like to hit a place in downtown Disney or somewhere in the parks for breakfast, like have a good breakfast the last day. And we walked up and we saw that Rainforest Cafe open at 8 o'clock, and we were like, well, let's try it. We like Rainforest Cafe. I think this day, too, the park wasn't opening until 9, so we didn't feel particularly like we were missing out on anything if we did it. Right. And because we rope drop pretty much every, every day. Um, so we tried it, and after that time, it was a must do like a like it became some sort of tradition where on the last day last day in the parks we always did rainforest cafe for breakfast with rainforest cafe a lot of people don't seem to like it for some reason they yeah it gets a bad rep with what usually what people say is you know i love the environment but the food is just you know okay i think that they're getting the wrong things like i think that they're going in and trying to get like well okay it's basically like would you go to Applebee's and order like something that's like a 
like an Italian dish and expect it to be good. You know what I mean? I go yeah. there for like burgers and like maybe good appetizers, like in a, or a sandwich of some kind. Yeah, I don't go there and order like, uh, uh you know, uh, a steak and expect it to be a good steak. No, we I can know. make better steaks, and we do. That's yeah. I don't order steaks anywhere anymore, pretty much. Yeah, because if like I can cook it better, I don't want to ask you to make it for me, and then I pay more money and. Just, and give it's me not a, good. just give me a burger or a good sandwich or... The appetizers are good. Right. But, you know, we liked it for lunch and dinner. We didn't do it every time, I don't think. But once we tried it for breakfast, it was like, oh. First of all, it was empty. When you, if well, you got there at... Yeah. <laughs> if you got, what, if, but, I mean, if you got there at opening, it was literally you and, like, one other person. Like, and it was, you know, we stumbled in there. For like, a well, time, that was true. I think more people started to go there as we went more and more each year. I mean, after year after year. I, I think I by like 845, more... it was full. Not full, but there'd be like five other families oh, in there. Oh, yeah. But at opening, at opening, it was like you and one other person. We, there was this, there was two breakfasts. There was, I mean, there was multiple. But there was the Tonga, was it the Tonga Toast and the Breakfast of Bandits? Yeah, yeah. And they combine so there was and then there was something called and those were both like ten ninety nine and then there was something called the tsunami breakfast, which was those two combined. Right. For like four dollars more. And but it was you, like it, so it could be Tonga Toast or waffle. The, the waffle. I forget the name of the waffle. Doesn't matter now, it's gone. But yeah, that that was a great deal. And that deal is what attracted us to the breakfast. We tried it and we were like and it was every part of it was good. Like it was good quality, like sausage, not like a microwaved one, but like a juicy, good breakfast yeah. sausage. The potatoes were great. The French toast and the waffle were both really good, no matter which one you chose. And I think it even came with toast. And it was like, yeah, it did fourteen bucks, but fifteen, I guess. But it was just to give you an idea that we would go with, um, we would go with us, me and Thomas. My daughter, my daughter's mom and her boyfriend, and they had to share it. If they and they didn't finish it, that's how big it was. I mean, they're they they don't eat much anyway. We said it before, and we'll say it again. Robert and I eat a lot, yeah, and we're not ashamed of it. So we're not going to hold no. back. If we're hungry, we're going to eat it. We're going to say, "Are you going to finish that?" I think we did eat part of theirs. You certainly did. I don't tend to no venture shame. on other people's plates, but you know. Oh, I have no shame, as you well know. Yeah, we I mean, we can get into that some other time. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, but the uh, the point being, that place was great. I'm sorry it's gone. Um, it's it. There's a void in in my soul. And the there's kind of, of a, a strange Cafe. a strange space now in that area of the downtown Disney. Yeah, like because they use ESPN Zone for some pop up Mickey thing. I still don't know what that means. I guess it's photo it's, opportunities. Okay, so as we've discussed in the past, Thomas doesn't have social media and thusly does not understand the intricacies of, you know... Instagrammable the, places. Yeah. Right. And that's one of those. To be clear, you you couldn't pay me to go inside there, let alone make me pay to go inside there. But that's... that's you know you have to pay to be in there? Oh, yeah. It was like 30 bucks or oh, something. Get out of here. I'm not doing that. I'm making that number up, but okay. I think it's somewhere. I, well, oh, then, it was over maybe twenty dollars. It was over twenty dollars. Oh. Well, anyway, you still don't. It's like there's this huge building, and you you think it, it's still labeled ESPN Zone, I think. And so it's it's just it's kind of like there's not much traffic right there. There's, I mean, there's people walking through, but there's not people staying around for much. Now I went down on a Saturday 
So Saturday night, there was a band performing. Which they still have that going on. Right. Nice. So that's actually an awesome thing that they had. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that band. I watched a few of their sets because they played different songs and I didn't have much else to do. And it's fun to see the people and the, the kids dancing to the music and singing along if they know the words. But apart from that, you have just a couple food trucks with not many customers from what I saw. They've... So they've sort of salvaged like the theater area where it looks it almost it, it looks just like a seating area for food yeah. now. They've brought back Earl of Sandwich and they've made at least something out of ESPN Zone, but there nothing will ever fill the Rainforest Cafe shaped hole inside of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just I mean, miss it, man. I'm hopeful. I like anything can be there, and I would be like I leave open. I leave open the option that something great will go there. And like we st- we're going to go to Disney World in September and we're going to have Rainforest Cafe there. Yeah. There. We won't get the same deal money-wise, but we can still get the same breakfast. Yeah. It's different, but still a good thing. Splitsville, they have Splitsville now. They got We've eaten of- there before. We we've thought about bowling, but it's so expensive. I don't think we'll ever. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. Uh maybe we one day at home. just to see what it's like. I didn't I didn't go there alone. So I can't say much for that. We've been there as a group before, at least the two of us and one of your other friends. Yeah. Food was pretty good. Food's fine. Yeah. If you're going to bowl, first of all, if you bowl and eat, it's like, I think it's a time thing is how, so, you, so I think you've got, instead of like a lot of, at least the bowling places I've been to, it's like frames. But I think this is like a time, like an you have an hour or two hours or something like that. Hmm. And if you're bowling in, which, to be clear, I would never, I, I just feel dirty when I'm bowling, but so I wouldn't eat. But if you're eating and bowling, you feel dirty when you're bowling. Yeah, man, everyone's sticking their fingers in the same bowling ball. They how do you? They don't clean it. You don't feel yeah. gross when you're bowling. No, I feel competitive and sometimes victorious. Do you feel hungry? Um, no. But oh. that's usually because I've already eaten, you okay. know? Well, I am not going to eat and bowl at the same time, so. Well, no, you got to bowl and then eat and then bowl and then eat and then bowl and then eat. So not something we're likely to experience anyway. But of the things we really do enjoy in downtown Disney, I mean, the things that are still there. We're happy. Earl of Sandwich is back. We like it there. Um, we I like that now they have two Starbucks open because um, I do like to get coffee in the mornings and that it's made the traffic a little better for for those two Starbucks if you do want to get something. But as far as like restaurants and goes, we hit Naples every time. We love Naples. Uh it's just it's just good pizza. Like it's good. I mean it's almost great pizza. I mean pizza's different. You can have your deep dish, your uh, thin crust, your thicker crust, stuffed crust, mm-hmm. you name it, but this is a pretty pretty tremendous uh Italian pizza. Yeah. One well, last time I went with uh my my girlfriend and we ate there and it was the first time we got a pizza we got we used to just get like pizza and we get the huge like family style one and but this time me and my girlfriend got a pizza and like some pasta ditch i am not going to try and pronounce um but it was good too i'm not going to try and pronounce things on this on this podcast good good so it was good it was really they do like bread service we did have a horrible bread guy like bad the bread word, guy bad bread guy the oh worst bread guy. Nothing worse than a bad bread guy. Yeah, nothing worse. It was like he came up to us after, and 
to be clear, I love this place. And this is the first time I've ever had this experience, but you would see like he brought us bread and he, I guess he saw it was just two of us. So he brought us like three, three slices, three, what the basket holds like six to eight slices. And like, you could see the bottom, which is never good. And then that's when you start like thinking, I was a little worried. I hope he comes back to refill when you see the bottom. I was a little worried. Yeah. Initially. And then he disappeared and I just see like all the other bread guys like disappeared. Yeah. Like he's a magic not magically oh, i mean oh. well he might have done it out of my sight but he did disappear i don't know where he went but the point being we saw like everyone else getting their bread you know bread's running all over the place our bread guy's nowhere to be found and then he comes up to us like later and he's like he looks in our basket and he's like oh um you guys want more bread and we're like yeah we'd like <laughs> like more bread and, uh, yeah, that was a kind of weird experience, but other than that, it was great. And you know, it's, it's a great spot and we ate outside. They've, they've completely remodeled the yeah. place. We ate outside and it was like, it was warm, but not hot. And it was great. Um, you know, jazz kitchen, the, the sit down portion, we love it there. And then, you know, we've eaten there one time, but it was a great experience. They give you a lot of food there. Well, we, yeah, we had their lunch. And they they gave you what a lot of fries that you had some sandwiches you and some other people sandwich at the table. was pretty big too though. Well, the bread the roll I put it on was big if yeah. I remember correctly. I think it was some type of po' boy that I got. Yeah, a shrimp or something. But it it was good, and they had a lot of fries. You're right. I was full at the end, which doesn't happen often. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Then they have next to it is and here's my advice to people. And maybe I shouldn't share this, but next door they have the quick service that's where we go for beignets we don't go in the parks i i There's only two places to get beignets right in the park at the new orleans i don't even know what that restaurant's that's quick service restaurant's called well it's right outside of the french market is it not called the french market i'm not sure i think it's its own separate uh bar area like a window where you go up to it it definitely is its own separate window you're not getting them in the french market the seating area right outside there is the French market seating area. I've got beignets there before, and they're good. But the ones at Jazz Kitchen Express, they come out warm to hot. And well, it's they just, make them on the spot. You can see them making yeah. them. You sit outside right after getting them, and they, they pour a bunch of like powdered sugar in there. You shake up the bag. It's the best. I mean, really, that is one of my favorite outside the – that is my favorite outside the park thing that you can only – and you can get beignets in the park. For food? Not, yeah, like yeah. well for snacks at least. I don't know about food because I love, like I love the pizza at Naples. I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed uh, Jazz Kitchen, like their their actual food. But as far as like like a snack or like a quick dessert, that's the best. Mm-hmm. We went to um, me and my girlfriend also went to Salt and Straw. It was okay. It was a little expensive. They have like kind of unique ice cream choices and they give you they give you kind of a small scoop at least by my standards but it was good i don't know if i'll go there again at at least not in a trip where i'm going into disneyland because the ice cream in there i just prefer they give you more it's not as expensive yeah i I don't need some exotic flavor you know what i mean yeah definitely we uh sometimes it is fun to explore and so i understand if other people want to do that Oh, yeah, it's just not for me. In fact, I, when I, I looked at the menu when I was there, and I thought about it, but I don't know if I saw the prices or if you told me it was pricey. And 
you're not really getting all that much at the same time. And to me, that was enough to just keep on keep on walking. Yeah, it's, at least this time around. Is there anywhere else you can get ice cream around there, like well, as an ice cream place, other than um, like you know Black Tap, which has it as like right. a no, side thing? No, there's not. I mean, if we just run through, we already went through Earl's, Earl Sandwich, Rainforest Cafe, moving along, uh, shops, the Lego Shop, uh, the Pin Traders. Jazz Kitchen, Tortilla Joe's, Splitsville, Water Fountain, Magician sometimes at night, and the Wonder Ground Gallery, and then the Home Store, and then Star Wars uh, VR Experience, Catal Restaurant, you get Sprinkles, Cupcake Place, still haven't eaten there. Haven't done that. Um, I hear it's good, though, so maybe one day. I'm a big cupcake guy. Right, and then so we keep moving along. Uh, Marceline's Confectionery. You have Salt and Straws, the ice cream place, Wetzel's Pretzels, Black Tap, you have the shakes. Yeah, which you can do quick service. And then you're getting into like the Quicksilver and the jewelry and perfume shops or whatever, World of Disney. So no ice cream standalone spots other than Salt and Straw. So they used to have that ice cream place there. Which one was it? Was it haagen Yep. What was great about that is no one knew that they served coffee there. So everyone would like go to the Starbucks. But you could go in there in the morning, and I think they had, like, Pete's Coffee or something Yeah, it was Pete's Coffee. And you could go in there and get anything you could get at Starbucks, you could get there. But there was no line. Like, there was... You mean for for coffee? Yeah. Well, Hagen. I don't know if they did ice cream in the mornings. Maybe they did, but they were open. I'm just saying Starbucks has other food options. Ah, I see what you mean. And they don't have that at Hagen-Dazs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking, like, strictly, like, uh, you know, coffee and, and, you know, even if you want one of those more sugary drinks they're they're there as well or they were and you would go in there they would open when downtown disney opened the doors would be open there'd be two people in line as opposed to 20 and you it was a really quick way to get coffee so i kind of almost wish that that was still open just because i don't know if i'll do salt and straw again i did it once and it was an experience but i'm not going to do it again probably and then we kind of move into really the other food spot is la brea which we enjoy as well it's got a quick service area which is nice and then it's also got the the sit down area, which we've enjoyed yeah. a number of times. We like eating there. It's another place to get a clam chowder bread bowl, yeah. Yeah, and you know the problem with that for me is I like it, but the one in Disneyland and California Adventure, those two spots, they're just they're bigger. Where do you get it in Disneyland Park? Um, that Harbor Galley is that what it's oh, okay, called? Right yeah. outside, um, right outside of Haunted Mansion, where the Columbia ship. Yeah, they, and the the play, the thing that's great about that place, quick tangent, is they have like you they have like a secret menu. You can get like lobster mac and cheese, and um, they'll oftentimes have like a seasonal option. Which I think last time I went there was a, like a lobster bisque or something like that. So you can kind of like it, it's a great spot. And the, the clam chowder there, the point is the it's it, it's bigger, and the bread to soup ratio is better for me. Okay, like there's more soup, less bread, which when there's too much bread, it's like when you're eating the bread at the end, you don't have enough soup to like. Isn't the bread in in California Adventure different? A different company, isn't it? What is it? Boudin food. I think it's the same as it is in Disneyland, is but it? different than the one in La Brea. Oh, okay, definitely. Well, that would explain differences in bread quality, anyway. Yeah, it's not even quality. No. It's more just like the way they set it up. Like they don't, they don't. The there's too much bread in the La Brea one, and not enough soup. The ratio in Disneyland and California Adventure is perfect. Like, it's just enough to where you can scoop it out and have, like, clam chowder soaked into the bread on every bite, and then you just have the crust at the end. Right. 
whereas the one in so it's got a deeper pocket in California Adventure. Yeah, well, and in than, Disneyland, than either okay. no Disneyland's the same. But then the one in La Brea is, you know, it's just you you're eating a lot of bread like without any soup involved. So something to consider. I mean, I anyways. The point is that was a long tangent. We like that place a lot. It's kind of like our. You know, we'll make a reservation there for a longer trip. Like if we want a new, if we're going for like three days, we probably won't eat there. But if we're going for a week, we'll end up eating there, you know, at least once. Anything else? I wonder if there's any other spots uh, that we missed. Anything we, uh, any shops or anything. They've recently revamped uh, so World we, of Disney. and Well, yeah, they, they did. But so we're we're talking about all this in the context of downtown Disney being sort of its own attraction. Yeah, not quite to the level of like Disney Springs. But well, no, that's more expansive and more of a mall type where you could buy all sorts of different things. Well, when we went down to when I went down in the, in um, April, you know, we didn't. I didn't have a pass. I just had a three day park ticket, and so we went down there. The first we got down at. I was so used to having an annual pass that we left at four thirty and got down there at like nine thirty, and I was like, oh yeah, we can't go in the park in the morning. Yeah, yeah, nine thirty a.m. And I was like, oh, yeah, we can't go in the parks. So I was kind of like, oh, man. And we just cycled through, you know, downtown Disney uh, and the hotels. You know, you like you said before, you go in the lobby of the Grand Californian. Pian- uh, the pianist is always playing. Uh, not always. He's playing often. Um, if not, there's some kind of music playing in there. And then you go well, to... Well, yeah, it's a, it's a piano that play. It's a player piano. So when the, the pianist isn't in there playing, it's, it's still got music going. Yeah. It's just not live so it's a little bit softer yeah and then when you go to the disneyland hotel i don't know there's something about that place that's it's pretty immersive like you feel enclosed because there's just plants and towers kind of like closing in on you and and i like going there and and walking through the the various towers and then you know going over to the area where there's like steakhouse um the steakhouse 55 and all the they have that one like glass enclosure where it has a bunch of like kind of Disney artifacts in it. Yeah, memorabilia. Yeah. Over the years. So the point is, I mean, if you have a day where you can't go in the parks for whatever reason, like it's your first day or your last day, and you want to spend like time in downtown Disney, you can definitely do it. And it's it's a good time. I just I think that they really need to figure out what they're doing with that back area where they closed everything. And it's possible that you know, they'll announce something at like D23 or something like that. I don't know, because I don't know what it's, it feels, at least when I was there last, you've been there more recently than me. It just feels very odd in that area, like walking through it at certain times of the day when there's nothing, like no shows or anything going on. It feels very like ghost town. Yeah, but depend on the day. I I mean, it depends on a lot of different factors. Sometimes there's a DJ. When I went down, there was also a DJ going on in between the band performances and beforehand before the first set so it could be it's possible they have that going on regularly where they have music playing and people were dancing to that music in addition in addition to the concert that was going on i think the pop-up mickey thing ends right before um d23 so i heard some people speculating that perhaps they're going to make some announcement about that area yeah maybe that's all speculation, but it'd be interesting because I like downtown Disney a lot, and I think there's three or four really solid restaurants. If they could add two or three more to what was in that area before, then it's it's really getting up there. Like I said, it's kind of a one-day thing, and by one day, I mean you go, if you really are there early in the morning 
you don't you're not going in the parks it's like go there for breakfast and then you know do some things in the afternoon go back to your hotel have a pool day and then come back at night for like a reservation at naples or jazz kitchen something like that yeah that's an option really anybody if you if you want to go and do bowling you can do that there are activities to be done it just depends on your situation. Are you going alone? Are you going with two people, four people, six people? Well, in the VR experience, if that's something, I mean, that's not something we've yeah. done, but I've heard great things about it. Yeah. So it's something you can try. And, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. And don't underestimate people watching. <laughs> Never I mean, that's kind of fun. Underestimate you just that. see the different kinds of people who are enjoying the parks or downtown Disney. And uh, I enjoy that too. Yeah. No, that's fun. And also, just real quick, we we still do the breakfast uh, at, you know, on our last day. We've kind of replaced it, at least in the in the short term, we've replaced it with Catal, uh, which is that place. It's the restaurant attached to the Uva Bar, the island. You, you can't miss it when you're walking through yeah. downtown Disney. Another place that's pretty quiet in the mornings, and that you can sit outside, like on the balcony if it's a nice morning, and it's it's good. It's I, it's not quite the deal that Rainforest Cafe was, but... If I remember correctly, they have a really good blueberry muffin. Yeah, I, I've gotten that the past couple yeah. times I've gone, and it's good. So another recommendation, and then uh, if you want to do the hotels, uh, there's Tangaroa Terrace is what it's called now, that they've updated it. Yeah, they've updated that. In Disneyland Hotel, they have a quick service there, and then uh, Whitewater Snacks, really, really good in the Grand Californian over by the pool that's another really good spot especially for breakfast they have good like breakfast burritos and stuff like that if you want to just grab something really quick before you go in the parks really good yeah underrated kind of out of the way not really but if you're i mean depends on what you're doing and if you're in the hotel just and you're hungry you want to eat try it out because you i don't think you'll be uh, disappointed oh certainly not and if and if you're early like if you're an early person like we are they open at 6 a.m most most of the time yeah so for us it's like we want to do rope drop, so we're going to be there early, and we. But we also don't want to do anything that's going to make us miss rope drop. So, a place that opens at six is perfect for us because that gives us enough time to still get to the main gate well before opening and get you know a good spot in line and all that. Right. That's if you obviously are going into the parks, but also good if you you know just want to be there in the morning and and spend some time there without a park ticket, or before you go into the parks, whatever you know the next day. So mm-hmm. anything else? Anything? I think we covered a we lot covered of most of it. I was going to, I was thinking about the decision that the Disney made to put a hotel over uh, downtown Disney, that portion where Earl of Sandwich, ESPN zone, Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, are, which we touched on briefly. Why, that's why they closed. If they hadn't done that, downtown Disney would have been as it was probably. I mean, they could have changed anything in the course of yeah. regular operations. But you would have still had the movie theater and ESPN Zone, which if they're sporting on sports sports events on, you can go and watch that. That would have, that would have been something to do. Catch a movie that takes up a couple hours of your day. There's we used more to, do, to do in downtown Disney. They took those two away. All of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're kind of looking for more to do. There's a void. I mean, you can still make a time out of it, but once they open something there, it's going to help a lot. I mean, the food trucks just aren't doing it for me. I think we can both, you know, as long as we're on that subject, we can both agree that we're happy that the hotel didn't actually go through. Oh, the design looked horrible. Well, what I mean is where they decided to place it. It seemed weird, and it did seem like it was going to affect the experience of staying in the Disneyland Hotel, which we really enjoy. And not positively. No, and so we, 
when we first heard about it, we were a little, I don't know if bummed is the right word, but we were definitely like, man, that, that's going to be weird. And uh, when it fell through, I would say like a collective sigh of relief for us. The whole thing just never seemed like something that you you could picture being in existence. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to have to see that because I don't, and I don't know what that's going to look like. Well, well, what was I going to say? The hotel? The, well, I can't remember. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's downtown Disney now is it, it feels incomplete. You can still do a lot there, but I'm excited to see what they oh, have. I, I was just going to say that that hotel, we weren't going to be able to afford it anyway. Oh, that's the so thing. It's like there was no interest to, from the beginning. Well, it was supposed to be like more expensive than the Grand Californian, which we already are like. Yeah, we, can't we, stay there. we haven't stayed there because we can't afford to do it. Yeah. Really. So it was the, it was only going to affect us negatively as far as we could tell. I mean, unless it somehow like dropped the prices to other like resort hotels, which I, I sort of doubt. Yeah, I, I couldn't see how that would happen. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, some of our favorite places that we really hit, uh, we hit Naples every time. We hit Catal at this point every time. Uh, you know, we really like Earl of Sandwich. We'll, we'll go in that for a longer trip. And the two hotels, we like stopping in all the time. So And remember, you, when you're down there, you don't have to, if you're just in downtown Disney, you don't have to do things like go to restaurants or do the VR experience or whatever it is. You could actually, you could just do what I try to do every now and then. Sit down, take in the music, watch the people, you know, and just take it all in because it's still kind of like you're at Disneyland. Yeah, it's a little dose of Disney without, really without the expense of, right. of going into the park. So it's a nice thing that you got to do, um, and I'm glad you got to share it with us, all right? All right, guys, well, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. To stay in touch with the show, follow us on Instagram at Talking Llamas Podcast. To support the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, or reach out to us on social media. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great week.